Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Good morning. I'm Rabbi David Lyon from Congregation Beth Israel in Houston. We have truly entered an unfamiliar territory, but now that we are here, we must shape the territory in which we live with new boundaries, guidelines, and rules that will safeguard and promote our health and well-being and those who surround us and share our life with us. I would say those who are touched by our life, but I want to refrain from talking about touching anything. But we must build boundaries. But which form? What kind? I want to suggest that in the midst of our conversation about boundaries of isolation, that we build a different kind of boundary. Let's build boundaries of holiness, not boundaries of isolation. In the ancient world, they feared illnesses because they thought they were God's punishment. Today, we should know that they are certainly not. We fear COVID-19 not because we believe that it's God's punishment, because we, like ancestors, fear its onset, its effect, and its duration. Taking a cue from ancient sources like the book of Leviticus and the Torah, a book of holiness, we build boundaries of holiness too. We build boundaries of personal cleanliness, not about how do we scour our house from corner to corner or to become more germophobic than we might already be. Rather, the question is, how do we build a boundary of personal cleanliness by creating a space for family and friends to enjoy in good health? Maybe it truly is time to clean out the house, to prepare it, to welcome ourselves, our family, and friends in a better form and condition than ever before. There is something to be said for making room for things that matter most, not necessarily to be a minimalist in the possessions that we own or enjoy, but at least making room for others to join us in the place where we are. We can build boundaries of social respectability, too. Not to become a recluse or increasingly introverted. Not to be alone by creating social boundaries that isolate us any more than we are, and certainly not on a permanent basis. But rather, consider this. How do we share time that is authentic and sincere? Sometimes we create social time just for the sake of being social, going out or partying or getting on Facebook or other social media just to feel the warm fuzzies of likes and friends and connecting and being heard by others. Eventually, we discover that sometimes those social media contacts don't really make us feel any more connected at all. And at least in the past, some social media was downright rude and mean and hateful. It is time to create holy boundaries that are social too. Relationships online that are authentic, perhaps on Zoom or FaceTime, to see face-to-face people that we really want to spend our time with and engage in authentic and sincere conversations with them.
and even when we have meetings or other gatherings online, to discover that it is such a blessing to have this technology at a time especially like this, but all the more so when this time passes, the media will be there, the technology will still exist, and perhaps we'll find new reasons to create social boundaries that have within them a form of holiness through sincere friendships, authentic relationships. We also must build boundaries of personal and communal obligations. We cannot look to heaven for answers to human conditions. We can pray for the strength to overcome them. We can thank God for doctors and scientists and researchers who are doing all the work that we don't know how to do because we're not doctors or scientists or researchers. We can thank God for first responders and all the ways that they rush to help us. But we can also find in our faith traditions our deepest concern for communal health, prosperity, and peace. And therefore, it is time to build holy boundaries where we dig deeply into our faith traditions and discover there what are we called on to do and to be at our very best. We've seen some examples of it because the media loves to show in a time of darkness and concern points of light and ways to feel hopeful about the future. But those shouldn't be highlights or spotlights in the day. Those should be examples of how we can make our life almost all day, all the time. Our deepest concern for communal health, prosperity, and peace, if it were the foundation, would be a remarkable new beginning for our city, our nation, and our world. We've seen too much polarization, negativity, and and swiping at others on all forms of social media and even traditional forms, too. It hasn't gotten us very far, has it? Well, suffering and poverty are not unfamiliar to the world and certainly not through history. But suffering and poverty, as I've taught you before from a Jewish perspective, are not where we find deep spiritual insight. We don't aim for suffering, for struggle, for poverty as a rule. But when we face or endure suffering and poverty or the likes of COVID-19, we can learn from them. In a newspaper article that Daniel Gordis, writing from Israel, wrote recently, he cited Viktor Frankl, who is a survivor of the Holocaust. I'm not comparing the Holocaust to what we're enduring during this world pandemic, but Viktor Frankl's insights are helpful with meaningful lessons. Frankl reminded us that we don't get to choose our difficulties, but we do have the freedom to select our responses. And that's why Frankl's meaning is important to us today, not because this is a holocaust driven by man, but because we don't get to choose our difficulties. Meaning, he argued, comes from three things. The work we offer in times of crisis. And some of us are continuing to provide a lot of work and effort in a time of crisis that calls on us to step up to meet the demands and obligations of these days. As I said, we see it in doctors, scientists, and researchers, and in first responders, too. We see it in people of faith and faith leaders who inspire a community not to lose hope, but to find strength in God's presence and in what we can continue to do and to be. Work 
gives meaning to people because we are social animals. We are productive people. We truly want to believe that our head, our hearts, and our hands can make a difference. Meaning can also be found in the love that we give. This is not a time to hate. This is not a time to scapegoat. It isn't even a time to point fingers. It is simply a time to find love. I shared with you before that we could really only love our neighbor, not only out of our affection, but also because we know so much about them. And in a Hasidic story, it revealed that if we really know a neighbor's pain, then we really know them well enough also to suggest that we could even love them. Well, today, I would dare say we all know each other's pain because it is fear, it is isolation, it is insecurity. There isn't anybody who doesn't feel it or hasn't known it. And if we can know that about each other, then we know exactly how not to continue to hurt each other or to cause deeper pain. Anything but would be like or love. And so Frankel reminds us that meaning in these days, when we can't choose our difficulties, the love we give can be extraordinarily healing and meaningful to giver and receiver. Meaning can also be found in our ability to to display courage in the face of suffering. To believe that suffering is not the terminal end, but rather only a place in which we find ourselves, then courage is a source of our helping ourselves and others to overcome it and to find our way again. As I said, suffering and poverty are not our aim. They're not our goals, but we can learn from them if we believe that it will pass. I have also taught you before the expression, this too shall pass. It isn't a trite saying. It actually means that in the moments of joy, we should pause to savor it and to feel grateful for it, really to soak up joy in all of its greatness. But because it is bound to pass, we'll know something less than joy in the future. And if it ends up being suffering or poverty, we should remember again, this too shall pass. Because if courage and insight and hope follows then we are bound to overcome it too, and will know joy again. Permanent happiness is certainly a dream and an ideal, but it isn't something that we should expect in our lifetime. If we've lived long enough, we know that life is hard, and sometimes it gets easier, and sometimes it gets harder. And so gamze ya'avur, as we say in Hebrew, or this too shall pass, is the way we discover that courage is always a source of meaning, of strength, and hope that our suffering will come to an end. So once more, Viktor Frankl says that meaning comes from three things, the work we offer in times of crisis, the love we give, and our ability to display courage in the face of suffering. The menace may be subhuman or superhuman, Daniel Gordis writes, but we all have the option of asserting our own dignity even to the end. And wouldn't that be wonderful if dignity were the ultimate end of all of this, where we emerge from our low place, where we all share a place to find ourselves aiming for something greater together. God willing, we'll come away from this in good health, 
and with new appreciation for what are our boundaries of holiness. That is, how will we choose a life that is set apart for a special purpose, free of illness, pettiness, and bigotry? How will we honor those who care for our body, mind, and spirit? Doctors, researchers, our leaders in our faith communities, and our teachers who teach our children in school. And how will we honor the Holy One, God, in whose presence we always find hope? Can anyone say, when it's all behind us, that they felt nothing, that they learned nothing, that they just wished to carry on? I truly hope that I do not run into anybody like that in the future, because anybody who is untouched by what we're going through has something else to work out. They have a thick skin that needs to be refined and rubbed off, because this is a time when we really do understand what is the meaning of life and what is the fear of death but also the hope that comes with overcoming these terrible challenges. I hope that you'll join me in feeling very grateful for the complex systems that enable us to thrive, all of them, from faith to medicine to hope and courage, especially in a city and surrounding area like ours, filled with diversity, skills, gifts, layer upon layer of economies and opportunities, learning centers, and multiple faiths. I hope that you'll join me in choosing boundaries of faith and well-being that provide you the best life you can have, and with all those who are ultimately safe to be touched by your life too. Our ancient ancestors found their future within boundaries of faith and well-being, and perhaps we aren't so different from them after all, they say that the more things change, the more they stay the same. And perhaps, even though it's been more than a hundred years since the Spanish flu pandemic, perhaps we can learn something from the mistakes they made, but also from the lessons they learned. I'm Rabbi David Lyon from Congregation Beth Israel in Houston. Please listen again, share this message on my podcast called Heart to Heart with Rabbi David Lyon. You can find it at sunny99.com or on the iHeartRadio app. I hope that as the week unfolds, that you will enjoy the company of your family and friends, your children, your grandchildren, if not in person, then on Zoom or FaceTime or Skype, or even by driving by and waving. But ultimately, I hope that you will create boundaries of holiness and not isolation, because the truth is that we really do thrive, not when we're separated from our community, but when we are in touch with all the things that matter to us and the people who matter to us most. God bless you this week. I hope that in moments of prayer, inspiration, or meditation, that you find all that you need for the sake of a week of life, of good health, of safety, and of peace. I look forward to being with you again next time. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.